Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, here with today's co-hosts, Ivy Joeva and Alexi Gilmore, and your Zen Mamas Part 3, Sarah Wright Olson and Teresa Palmer. I've won maybe just a couple of questions about postpartum, what your postpartum experience was like, and then I want to find out about your projects. So um, you both had the experiences you had, and then also you, you eat... You eat placenta or you don't eat placenta? I have my capsules still in my You still have them. Does that mean fridge. you didn't take them? Or I you took just... them twice. I felt so felt great. Good. I was elated after birth that I haven't I haven't had to take them. But they last for a long time apparently. Mm-hmm. So just in case they're in my fridge. Just make sure if you encapsulate this placenta, you can tell which is which. <laughs> yeah, Double well, down. Oh yeah, yeah. So I hope that that will be. Okay. Or you can tincture. They also make a tincture which lasts, I think, almost forever. And really? you can even, you know, I see people using it when they go through menopause. Yeah. They take those Did little you drops. Do that? I can't remember. What? Your placenta. I did the placenta smoothie for three days until they were ready, and <gasps> I did. I remember you had a smoothie. Was yes. actually. I remember <laughs> her. Because I was there, and there. Eric made you a smoothie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you used a brutal. term to describe a smoothie that I've never associated with a smoothie before. Do you want me to use it? Or yes, we want it. Okay, so the term I used was gamey. That's right. <laughs> because, it was only because, okay, if you're listening to this podcast um, and you're going to make a placenta smoothie, please look up some wonderful recipes that are available. <laughs> yeah. One is in the first 40 days. It's such like a chocolate placenta smoothie. It looks delicious. You I cannot honey, wait to have that. Tons of honey. <laughs> um, but he was so delirious because he'd been up for so many days and the night that our son was born, everyone left. And it was just us and my postpartum doula was with another client. So, so basically I needed to sleep and he was up all night with the baby. And so the next day he made me a placenta smoothie and it had, um, greens, lots and lots of greens. <laughs> like, interesting choice. Flavors, um, it was good because we had been drinking the these like kale smoothies throughout my, my whole pregnancy with Wyatt. And so he made me this kale smoothie with spinach and almond milk and it was just like and there was nothing in it i think maybe he put a like maybe some blueberries which don't have any flavor when you're doing a smoothie um so it it was i was really out of it so i drank the whole thing really really fast but (laughs) (laughs) but it was so gamey and i remember like thinking about (laughs) it like woof um, but the next day I did have like a really, fr- my midwife came by to check on me and I was telling her about the smoothie and she's like, what was in it? And Eric told her and she was like, Eric, no. oh my God, no, <laughs> pineapple, berries, like anything to cover the taste, you yeah. know? <laughs> and uh, he's a small piece, not a big piece. And he'd given me like a big piece. You got so. to rinse the blood off really well. Yeah, <sighs> that didn't happen. Um, Put a, a, a good placenta <laughs> recipe on your Zen Mama. That's a yes. good idea. I and just the media one. would love that. Yeah. I also I think a list of uh, of all your uh, you know roasting garlic and other remedies for GBS. I'm going to write that. that. Yes, yeah. because even though I'm still positive, um, well, that's I, you. you knocked it down. I knocked it down, and it's an amazing list, and you know something good for any kind of flora workup i guess flora. and i also do. think that informed pregnancy and zen mama should have like a, a duel to see who can get the first flow chart birth plan all right i'm, I'm ready it. for this challenge yeah that's really good so um how was postpartum i mean you had that uh, you know 
why you got sick. Yeah, but, but postpartum, like, it was amazing because I, I had been informed to hire a postpartum doula, and I really didn't think that that was something that I would need, and then I ended up, like, you know, I don't know. What did you call what happened to my rib? Oh, no, uh, you popped a rib trying to push. You literally dislodged a rib from where it comes straight. into the sternum. Uh-huh. Okay, so that happened. So my arms, I couldn't bring them together all mm-hmm. the way, and I needed a lot of help getting up and... So I was so glad that I had hired someone to come and help me. And she was there like for a few hours a day for a couple of days of the week. And she would make sure that I ate and, you know, just help me with breastfeeding and the whole thing. And that was a really, and I did take my, I had the placenta smoothie and I took my placenta pills for a very long time. And I didn't find myself in any, you know, dips or... Um, you stayed positive. Stayed positive. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was an incredible experience for me postpartum because I really felt like I had set up a... I, sort of accidentally, just because people told me this is what you need to do, and I did it, but um, had set up a really good system and a good team around me to help because we don't don't have family here. And my husband was working 15 hours a day, so wow. between my friends... And, you know, my doula was like, I had people coming by and helping out. Awesome. Yeah. How was postpartum for you? Oh, it was so great. Like, it, I, I really loved it. I mean, there were certain things I didn't know about that because I had a little, she, uh, my midwife called it a superficial tear up the top, not Ooh. down the bottom where usually a lot of women tear. It was right up the top. So every time I went pee, pee? Oh. it was the most painful thing. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember at the hospital, like an hour after birth, I like, went to the toilet. I was like so excited to have my baby boy. And then I just screamed out loud and the nurse is like, oh, that's that's actually because you tore up there. So that was a major discomfort for me. For um, how long? Probably a good two weeks. Oh, wow. um, and I would pee, I'd have to pee in a bucket of warm water, which is constantly oh. next to the toilet. Uh, but I was lucky in that my husband was with me every day. So we didn't need to have extra help. And then my mum flew in when my son was like six days old. And um, she just did things like the laundry and made sure that I was having a shower. And, um, and so that was really helpful. But my husband really was my pillar of strength. He made, would cook for me every day and was just like Any so smoothies? supportive. And no smoothies. <laughs> he did for his first child. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I know he made Frankie my husband's ex-baby mama. Is that what you say? Sure. Yeah. Um, he made her a smoothie but used like two full jars of honey. And she just told me afterwards, she was like, don't do it. Don't do it. I didn't like the smoothie. I was like, okay. So we did the, the capsules instead. How was breastfeeding for you guys? I was very blessed in that it was really easy for me, which I know is not I don't think that's the usual experience. It um, depends. Uh, some people just latch and go. Some people yeah. have a you know a learning curve that takes a while uh, yeah. for both mother and baby. And um, sometimes it's a real struggle, really hard struggle. Yeah, I know. I've been. Um, I, I'm definitely acknowledging that now because I have a lot of friends who've just given birth for the first time, mm. and it's been a real uphill battle for them. It's a, it's a real a really emotional and scary problem that they're going through right now. Uh, But I was lucky enough that 
my son's a boob monster. He's two and a half and he's still a boob monster. <laughs> he's still breastfeeding. Um, still breastfeeding, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I plan on doing baby led weaning. Mm-hmm. But I think my milk is starting to run out. With the pregnancy? It seems like it's just getting less How often less. do you feed him now at two and a half? Uh, nighttime and morning. And then if I really want him to get down for a nap immediately, then I'll be like, let's have boobies in bed. And then he'll be like, yay! Who doesn't want that? We'll do I, that. It's, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, so if he wouldn't wean and you wouldn't run out of him. milk... Oh, you would go tandem. I'll go you tandem. Breast, yeah. Breastfeed both at the same. Yeah, I'll just your let that gonna come back. organically, yeah, unravel the way it's going to. So I s- assume I'm going to be a tandem breastfeeding mama. We actually had a, a girlfriend, um, not really a girlfriend, but she's now become our friend. Write about her tandem breastfeeding journey, and so I've been just reading over and reading over and preparing myself because that might be my reality soon. Yeah, was is, do, do people find that odd? I mean, certainly I wrote about my um, breastfeeding journey and I know that a lot of media outlets picked it up and they were very shocked that I would still be breastfeeding my two-and-a-half-year-old. Uh, it was cer- There was certainly some commotion about it um, just publicly. Uh, in positive is, or negative or just in, in like inquisitory? Positive-ish, but it was that sort of thing that felt a little passive-aggressive. It was mm. positive but also sort of cutting me down um there was a spin to a lot of the articles which was a little negative uh i could just tell by the quotes they were picking from the articles that they were trying to make me appear a certain way uh are you that way no i don't know what <laughs> don't way there so. no but I, it's a really like natural beautiful journey and i think that truly we just have to let our loudest voice be our own voice that mama voice be the loudest one we hear and and with all the noise and the judgment and people who can be very critical of our all of our parenting choices i think it's just so important to stay clear-minded about your own intentions and your own journey and it's going to look so different to everyone else's i love that you share so openly because um there are things that you say that people want to say but they they can't bear the judgment so yeah, they I keep it inside two days though like i reached out to sarah and i was like oh my gosh i can't handle the attention what do i do and sarah was so beautiful in just her response back when she reminded me about just the community we've created and how we're all so open and loving and everyone's been so supportive our little like your zen mama community was just incredibly supportive about the article and the things. Well, that's I what about. I love about that platform, which I'm going to get to in just a mm-hmm. second. Kim Kardashian blogged about about hating being pregnant, just how she didn't like how she felt during pregnancy, and she took a lot of heat um, for saying that. But I can't tell you how many women came into my office and uh, people that don't really even like her per se, mm-hmm. and just bonded with her over that statement because. They don't like their pregnancies. Not everybody feels great during yeah, pregnancy. Like and then, in fact, sometimes you feel crappy and rotten. And it doesn't mean you're not excited or grateful for the pregnancy yeah. or for the baby, but you don't have to be happy about your hemorrhoids. And um, <laughs> you, know, you should be able to say, I'm feeling crappy because my hemorrhoids today and not be judged. So I love the community yeah, that you're putting together. Judgment. Um, you have an easy time with breastfeeding, Sarah? Yeah, actually, I I did have a a really nice time with breastfeeding. And, you know, 
I think my son got sick, like I said, after um, he had a fever, a high fever, and we had to transfer to the hospital. And this was like on day two of of him um, being with us. And um, through that process, which was very scary for me because of every all the tests they were doing, and I was just like totally freaked out and feeling very sad and very depressed in what was happening there and also feeling very guilty about all the antibiotics I was giving him and just, you know, everything. Through that, the bre- breastfeeding was just like, this was our thing. This is what I'm going to put all this good stuff in you. And it wasn't stressful for me. It was more of just like, that's just something that happened really easily for us. And he powered right through everything in the hospital and was just latched on to me the whole time. And you know, I think he never even dropped weight. He just gained weight right through being in the hospital. I think when we left the hospital, he was like already 10 pounds, two ounces. He was born in nine, eight or something. And then at four weeks old, he was like 14 pounds. So Whoa. he was getting a lot of milk all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, I was very grateful for that because I did through that process that was, you know, pretty scary being a new parent and watching all these things happen to him. Um, that was something I felt like I could really like fill him full of really mm-hmm. good stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I was grateful that it was so easy for, you know, the only thing I had was like, um, cracked nipples <laughs> and I fixed that with some balm. So yeah, so it's great. Did, did you breastfeed in public? Totally. You know, it's funny. I hadn't thought much about, I mean, I always felt like, you know, I was just going to do whatever I needed to do, but breastfeeding found that a lot of other people were really worried about like, Oh, you know, breastfeeding in public. And I remember we were at a basketball game and I just sort of like, put Wyatt on the boob and and Eric was like are you do you you know do you think this is a bad idea like we could get totally get photographed and I was like I hope we get photographed because it should be a natural thing to just be able to feed your baby wherever you are and like I don't know what it was is like on the jumbotron no no jumbotron I mean I did not have my boob out you know like he was under my shirt like not under my shirt but you know it was everything was covered right but I had no problem breastfeeding in public. And also, like, just it felt very natural for me. And everybody um, else was eating at the basketball game. So. I mean, right? <laughs> well, probably the healthiest uh, one there. <laughs> yeah. When did you stop? Um, I stopped when Wyatt was right after he turned two. Um, we were had been trying to get pregnant that whole summer. And um, it hadn't happened yet. And I was leaving... For like five days was the first time I was going to leave him for a long period of time. I was leaving to go finish shooting a movie in Columbia. And so I took the opportunity to um, sort of wind down with breastfeeding. We were sort of only doing like night feedings and then a couple times during the day. Still wasn't happening for me getting pregnant. And then we weaned him I sort of was working on weaning him and then I left to go on the trip and he when I'm not there he didn't care about having it it was more of like when he saw me he wanted to breastfeed Mm -hmm. and so once I came back we talked about it and I was like yeah there's no you know milk anymore and and he was like oh okay and he was just kind of fine Mm -hmm. with it like it was you know it was a couple of hard days of him like wanting it and those really 
those bonding moments, you know, like nighttime or like, you know, during naps or whatever. It was like, or the morning where he would like, nay, he calls them nay-nays. And he'd be like, <laughs> nay-nay. And I'd be like, I know, buddy. I was like, but the, it's not there The anymore. well is like, dry. You know, we can have something else. What else would you like to have? And um, it was hard. I was so sad. I remember calling you about it. And I was like, you know, like crying about it just because I was like, I don't want to do this. And then. Yeah, and then I, it was like a month later and I got pregnant. pregnant. So, yeah. you know, it was just, I, I was one of those people, it was really hard for me to get pregnant while I was still breastfeeding. Yeah. Do you breastfeed in public? Yeah. I breastfeed whenever he, he whenever needs to eat. Mm -hmm. Well, not so much anymore now that he's a bit older. But you um, did. Because he would just kind of whip it out and. Well, that's what happens when you're. Doing you are older. That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> um. But like Sarah, I had such a, for me, it was a really challenging time trying to get pregnant and still breastfeeding on demand. So I had to basically wean him down to twice a day. That's the whole reason why I'm not uh, feeding on demand because I wanted to get pregnant again. Mm -hmm. So my body responds the same way Sarah's does. Mm -hmm. it, it, I had to trick it and then I added one more feed back in there. But yeah, I breastfeed in public. Um, I mean, not as much anymore, but I I used to. I got photographed breastfeeding in public and then oh, it became a whole thing. There was a big debate about it online. There was a morning show dedicated to this photo of me with my one-year-old breastfeeding. And by the way, it was an awesome photo where it's so badass. Like, I mean, well, I was walking. You're walking. He and was breastfeeding. Like, he was like... People couldn't believe I could walk and breastfeed. Yeah. I was like, like holding him with one arm and he's like, obviously the, the boob is like up above out of the shirt and he's drinking the milk and it looks like she just like went to the store and like put him in her arm and he needed to have booby and they were going to the car and somebody snapped a picture of her and it like and became this made thing. a lot of money. It made me very happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart, literally, omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. So tell us about your Zen Mama. We talked about it a bit. Um, what is it now? Where is it headed? You know, as I was saying before, it's uh, it's the sister site to your Zen life. And so we created this environment that's, uh, I think it's a beautiful platform for parents and caregivers to connect over um, the journey that we're all on. And it's just a really positive space. It's all encompassing. We embrace everyone, no matter what your views or values are. Uh, and I love that we actually... And this is what sets it apart from a lot of websites is that we give that voice to everyone. So it's not just Sarah and I blogging. It's anyone in the community who has a story or has some sort of 
thing that has inspired them that they want to share with the community, uh, we open that up to, to everyone. So it's been really well embraced and um, Sarah and I are both very open and candid and honest in, in our writing and uh, I just am so in love with this community we've created. It feels like we're really celebrating what what connects us rather than all the things that separate us and I love that. Yeah, I, I I think it's um it's overdue, no pun intended for for, <laughs> for that kind of community. I read your piece, Sarah, that you posted when your father passed, and um, oh, so I, I was I was weepy reading it, and uh, <laughs> just it's so raw and real, and and again how you juggled. He didn't go quick, <laughs> and he was young. Mm-hmm. What what was it that he died from? He had Lewy body's dementia. He was diagnosed with that uh, two years prior, but he had been having issues that was a precursor to this disease for like 15 years. And then um, it's it, Lewy body dementia is a type of dementia that attacks um, your brain, but it attacks different parts of your body. So instead of like a lot of people associated with Alzheimer's disease, whereas they think that you would lose your memory or cognitive function, you do lose some cognitive function, but it affects everyone very differently. And he um, had his memory. He was very with it all the way until like maybe the last week, um, which was really hard too and a challenge in itself because he felt very much like my dad had always felt but yet you what were I was watching him get smaller and smaller because what it attacked was his digestive system so he couldn't eat anymore couldn't drink anything feeding tube wasn't working so it was like his stomach and esophagus and everything that's what was shutting down so and you were constantly traveling back and forth from yes. here to there he was he was in Seattle. Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Yeah. Um, and you're tr- constantly going back from here to Arizona and, you know, leaving your family, sometimes taking them mm-hmm. um, and just getting bigger in your own pregnancy. <laughs> and um, it's, uh, how do you juggle that? You know, it was this crazy thing where I, you know, told them that I was pregnant. It was around, I think... It was around, no, it was before Christmas. It was like around Thanksgiving. And Christmas, we all got together at my parents' house. And my dad was very emotional. And, you know, things were just sort of starting to progress a little bit. And he was like, you know, he's like, oh, you keep giving me something more to live for, you know, with this baby now. Like, I'm going to try to make it. And, you know, I remembered thinking like, yeah, he's totally going to make it. He's going to be fine. We're going to do this, 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 and this, and this. And everything's going to be fine. And then, you know, January rolls around and he gets more test results and then February rolls around and he calls me and he's like, it's not, it's not just my digestive system anymore. It's my esophagus. It's not just my, you know, it's all these other things. And he's like, so they're, they are taking me off food completely. And when he said that, all of a sudden it like hit me and I realized like, oh, like this is, this is it. Like you can't live without food. That makes the most sense. Right. So I got on a plane and I went to Arizona and I um, started doing the thing that I do, which is like logistics and business. Like, mm-hmm. how do I handle this? What do I do to make this work, right? So then I was calling hospice and I got these doctors and I was getting everyone's input and then found out that he needed to be on hospice care, which was end of life care. 
And then once I got him all set up and he was, you know, comfortable and he was so grateful that I'd done that, then it was like I realized what was really happening. And and it was that moment that I came to you, actually, and was like, all of this is happening. I realize I'm going to lose my dad. I don't know when it's going to happen. It could be weeks from now, months from now. I was like, but I'm growing this baby inside of me. And I think I need to talk to somebody. I think I need to make sure I don't affect her in a way with all of the things that are going on. I'm not ignoring her. And then I'm not also filling her full of these negative chemicals that are going through my head of, you know, sadness and despair that I felt in moments that you just can't run away from. You have to have them and embrace them. And so um, I saw an amazing psychologist, your wife, Dr. <laughs> Alyssa. Um, I'm a big fan. A big, big, big fan. And it was just the beginning of my very open journey through this process of flying pretty much every week. It was every single week I would get on a plane to Arizona. I'd be there for a few days, help my mom, you know, feed her, do everything that I could, and then fly back for like four or five days to be with my son and then fly back again. And it was from February until April, the end of April when he passed. So um, being open and talking to someone about it and then also constantly communicating with my belly, my daughter who was in here. And um, I think and really allowing what was happening to happen in my mind like not running away from the sadness of it but embracing it and allowing myself to be sad when I was feeling it and also to enjoy the time that I had with my dad and like be grateful for that because what an amazing thing I got to help you know with the whole process and be right by his side and share all these stories and ask him what he wanted and and you know just like be with him on this very bizarre journey so that i was very grateful i remember at the end it was just like a waiting game you know it was uh he had no food for how long for almost seven weeks it was and it just kept thinking this is it this is it this is it yeah it was like one week he would be um he he literally one week came to us, it was a Thursday night, and he had been so sick. He'd been going to the bathroom over and over again, getting very, very sick to his stomach. And it was just so heartbreaking watching him sort of like shuffle back and forth to the bed and us helping him. And he was like, I think this is it. Like, I think tonight is the night. And he told every single one of us that were there. And Eric was, he was at home with Wyatt, and he FaceTimed Eric too, my husband, and he was like, he told us all how much we meant to him and and just what it was, you know, he's like, I feel like I took you all for granted. And I was like, no, you didn't. You're an amazing dad and you're a great human. And like, it was just a time where we could all express like how much we loved each other and how important we were to each other. And then we all woke up the next morning and he was still there. Absolutely. And we were like, we were gotcha. like, okay, let's keep going. You know, and so it was weeks later. And like, yeah, I th- I yeah, it went back and forth like that for a while. And it was just, he was he so went past 50 strong. days. And I was just like, I, you know, my family would never suffer with this. It'd be like eight hours with no food. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. I mean, it was Thank you very crazy. much. Yeah, it was crazy. So, um, Tush baby. Yes. 
Tush Baby. Tush Baby, you're bringing your zen (laughs) into um, products for babies. Yeah, I actually um, have a friend who developed this line um, of baby products years and years ago in her kitchen. And um, now with two of my other two, so there's three of us total. um, And we are uh, taking this manufacturing on a bigger level, making everything USDA organic. It's all clean. It's it's products for the whole family. Making so. it here in the U.S.? Here in the U.S. Wow. Yes. That's rare. Very rare. And it's really cute. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the whole line is so cute. Um, just everything. You could see the thought and love that went into making the products and packaging the products. And I think it'll be just really fun when people just see it. You yeah. feel good about it. Booty balm, massage butter, you know, mom balm, bosom balm. It's a lot of great things for. Now we're gonna have a shampoo and body wash. So who doesn't need some booty balm? <laughs> I mean, I use booty balm everywhere. Really. <laughs> what's the um, What's the website for it? Tushbaby.com. T O O S H. Tushbaby.com. You know, it just occurred to me about your dad. You're a doula. Yes. Right? You're my doula sister. I am your doula sister. And um, doulas, and Ivy's a doula, um, and doulas are, like, make those transitions smoother and easier, and you just doulaed your dad. I did. You know, I doulaed my other dad. Side. Totally. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. It was an interesting time of, like, you know, birth and death are these two time periods that are a waiting game. You know, you're like waiting for this person to enter the world or, you know, you not always with death, but for our situation, we were waiting for him to leave this world and we knew that that was coming. And so, yeah, it was like, I definitely had to doula with doula my dad and it was a beautiful experience. Just right in the middle of the birth cycle. <laughs> yes, I right mean, in the middle of being pregnant. Just the, the life cycle, <laughs> right in the middle of the life cycle. You were in the epicenter of the life cycle. But the night that he passed, I mean, I was laying in bed with him and he was not there conscious. I mean, sort of. He was making some noises to things that I was saying. But as I was laying next to him, his arm was against the side of my belly and the baby kept, she's always been kicking me on this side, but she kept kicking him the whole time. And Mm. I was telling him, the baby's kicking you, you know, and you, like she, and there was just some moment of them touching and, you know, there was some sort of a, a thing there for me that was so special because I knew that he wouldn't meet her, but they were like passing, you know, at some place. It's like, no wonder he didn't let go. You know, yeah, he held he on for so long. Yeah, so much to live for. Mm. Ivy and Alexi, do you have any uh, final thoughts, questions for the Zen Mamas? I'm just so in awe of you guys. I mean, I'm just <laughs> like, well, I could sit here all night listening to all these <laughs> amazing stories. But um, yeah, I just I feel so privileged to be sitting here with all of you and and. Um, and I, I have witnessed a lot of what Sarah talked about uh, tonight, and I can just say she's she's been such a pillar of strength, and uh, she is just superwoman to me. And uh, and there's so many women out there doing these things every every day, and it is it's interesting. I didn't think we were going to talk about death and birth, but <laughs> that it's very. I read a book about Tibetan um, about dying, and it's. They hold so much value in in dying and and mm-hmm. you know allowing that person you know helping them along the way, doulaing as mm-hmm. as you say, mm-hmm. 
And so I think that is such a gift that that you got to share that with your with your father. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, thank you. Know, you know, actually, listening to you talk about it, I just it's kind of amazing knowing that you're going to die and being at such peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like this big scary thing that's going to you know mm-hmm. almost like birth. <laughs> it seems yeah. like this big scary thing, but but we have a good doula there. Well, as a nutritionist, you two both have really interesting diets. So I'm just curious, um, has your, have your tastes changed in pregnancy? Have you diverted away from your normal diet? And what advice would you offer other vegetarian moms who also face a lot of scrutiny from not only doctors, but just other people, you know, questioning maybe family members are, is your baby, baby getting what they need? Yeah, I definitely have a vocal family in terms of my nutrition. Um, in particular, my lovely stepmother who uh, we are very close but she's always wondering about the protein factor um i think when i was vegan for a few years that was always the question that people would ask how can you be pregnant and be vegan but there are so many other forms of like getting protein like quinoa for instance it's so rich in protein and nutrients we have so much quinoa at our house i like how you say it how do you say it quinoa quinoa yeah Quinoa. 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 That's just, oh, it's just my accent. Yeah, quinoa. No, no, quinoa. 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 Yeah. And I'm still having like a lot of nuts and nut butters and cheese. and But here's the beautiful thing with my diet is I used to be super crazy clean eating girl. Um, I wouldn't have anything un- unclean at all. And I actually dropped... 25 pounds and got super super skinny so I'm usually I usually sit around like 120 115 ish um I was about 100 pounds and I lost my period I got acne all over my forehead and then I realized that my body doesn't actually respond to being really obsessive about clean eating so now I've found this beautifully what I think this this lovely balance with uh, eating and I indulge. I have pizza, I have pasta, I have breads. I also incorporate green juices and veggies and all those, all those sorts of things. But I let go of the militancy surrounding my diet and um, just the overthought because I would wake up every day thinking about what was I going to eat? What's my dinner going to look like? How many calories was I going to consume for the day? Uh, and it was completely unhealthy. So I think with this pregnancy, and it was probably with my first one, uh, I re- relinquished so much of that control and, uh, and had such a beautiful healing surrounding my nutrition. And now I think I'm in a pretty healthy place. But it was funny with this pregnancy. I didn't want to eat food. I didn't feel hungry. Nothing satisfied me ever for the first i i guess up until um maybe four weeks ago i was not interested in wow. food whatsoever Does nothing that nothing maybe? that was tasty oh absolutely me. yeah i mean especially if you feel nauseous and just kind of yeah it was weird all i'm a huge foodie all the things i'm so excited about eating I was like, this little guy's not interested in any of it. And even now, food tastes a little different. It's not nearly as satisfying. But you didn't me. have that with Bodhi? No. I didn't hmm. have that with Bodhi. This little man. Do you have cravings? Um, weird cravings, like not food cravings. Like I've had. <laughs> bad. This is really strange, guys. This is probably the first time you've heard this. Um, iP- uh, iPhone app 
cravings, like playing apps on my iPhone. I never can, I can't care less about video games typically, but whenever I'm pregnant, I'll find a game on my iPhone, did it with my first pregnancy, and I become obsessed. Last time it was this hotel dash game where you have to organize. <laughs> it was always organizational skills. Um, and I, nesting. It's like, and I would do it for hours, like in the bath, I'd just be playing. This pregnancy is different because I have a, a son, so he'll go to sleep and I'll sit in bed for two hours. Literally, this is what I do. And I play Monopoly. So Monopoly, my Monopoly app is everything to me right now. <laughs> like I'm thinking about when I can get home and play Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know, Sarah and I go out doing Pokemon Go all the time. And, uh, <laughs> I just started that did one. Did you really? I oh, did. No. joking because I've never seen it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's embarrassing. I already caught five Pokemon oh, in like wow. 20 minutes. I was like, oh, I'm going to get obsessed with this. The one that, wow. uh, Sarah, what about you? Do you? Have you been able to stay gluten-free for the whole pregnancy? Oh, yeah. I actually don't have a choice. I get really sick. Um, I found that out like years ago, six years ago or something. And it was just all of a sudden my body was like, nope, no more wheat. I would black out if I would have something. My stomach would look like I was five months pregnant. It would hurt so bad and i would go to the bathroom and i would just black out in the bathroom and wake up like on the floor staring at the ceiling my all the color would be gone from my face my eyes were dark like it was so bizarre and i thought i was really come like something bad was happening to me and i went to see a doctor and we were sort of like going through allergy tests and it was like the highest thing that i was allergic to was gluten you know wheat and so I cut that out of my diet immediately everything changed like I had always been someone who um, liked exercising and so and I became really obsessed with exercising but I could never really get like a lot of definition or really feel like a whole lot was happening I was I'm built tall and thin but um, just felt like wow, I'm working out so much you think like something would be happening here um, once I cut wheat out it was like that was something that was holding my body back was was that and so I was it was became very different in my workout regimen and um, and then I felt so good like my you know I wasn't sick anymore my stomach wouldn't hurt like oh you know I wish I'd known that sooner <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't have a choice. I have to be gluten free. Um, but it, you know, I use. I grew up the same way Teresa did, where you know I ate really good food at home, but I would eat fast food when I was out, um, and then cut all of that out of my diet years ago, and never really had sodas or anything like that. But um, during my pregnancy, I'm always pretty crazy about what I'm eating and just like trying to think about it, allowing myself to have some things like this pregnancy, I just want to eat sugar and I don't, <laughs> I'm trying so hard to stay away from it. I mean, I'll have things occasionally, but I mean, really, if I indulged in what it was that my that I wanted to have, I would want to eat it all the time. Mm. And from day one of this pregnancy with a girl, I have felt the same way as her. I love food. I'm a crazy foodie. I'm the person who wants to eat all the hole-in-the-wall places, like great tacos and guacamole and like whatever it is. And I really hadn't had much of an appetite this whole pregnancy for, like nothing was so amazing. You know, I'd eat something and I'd be like, should have been amazing. Everybody else thought it was amazing. It was just kind of like, hmm. eh, it's food. I'm filling myself full of food. And um, the only thing that tasted really good was like, 
you know, something really sweet, like fruit or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I was like, oh, eating that strawberry was like so euphoric, but, um, Have or you had any, uh, a brownie. App cravings? No, no, no app cravings. cravings. That is weird to me. <laughs> it's a girl. No. Yeah, no app cravings. Where can, uh, where can we follow everybody online? My Twitter and Instagram and I guess Facebook is just... Teresa Palmer at Teresa Palmer at Teresa Palmer yeah and also at, at your, zen your zen mama, mama. and at your zen life are, are there pregnancy uh, test talks um I was gonna start them I'm actually doing pregnancy vlog like video logs so I talk about my pregnancy week by week where so do we get that on your zen mama oh, there you go. in the growing love section mm. everything's yeah. love i love that about <laughs> your love, love, love. You need a little love yeah um mine is at s rate olsen o-l-s-e-n um and at your zen mama and i do have a little plan hoping that it happens that we're gonna do um postpartum vlogs so a lot of chitter chatter about having a new baby new baby with second baby and um postpartum that's great i'll be sure to leave negative judgmental comments please do (laughs) (laughs) um and i'm just at alexi gilmore and twitter instagram i'll be commenting on zen mama (laughs) (laughs) zen life I've been watching your vlog. The, oh. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm so into this. I'm oh. not pregnant, but I just think it's so interesting for anybody, you know? You and so must I've been come back when you're like halfway through your prego. pregnancy. Yeah. Oh, I will. I will. We'd love we're going to we're gonna do a, a <laughs> we'll be repeat. Ready for you. We're all ready. <laughs> I'm ready to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just ivyjueva.com at ivyjueva. J O E V A. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for being here. So fun. That's really therapeutic. Thank you for joining us on the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. For notes, links, and pictures from the Zen Mamas Part 3 podcast, visit informedpregnancy.com. And your questions and comments are always welcome at info at informedpregnancy.com. 